So, Mike, I know that you like to think I don't eat things anymore, and you like to think that I don't eat, you know, anything fun as you would consider. But I decided pretty much solely for the reason of I wanted to know what they tasted like. I got spicy nugs today from McDonald's. Right. And I have I have two two unfortunate things to to reveal here. One, they weren't that good. Mm-hmm. And two, which I'm disappointed by because I was hoping that that they would be, you know, I, I guess at this point that would make Wendy's the best spicy nuggets. I don't even know. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So when Wendy's probably has the best spicy nuggets for fast food. But the the other thing, which I kind of knew was going to be the case, unfortunately, is just because I don't I've like cut out fast food and cut out like you know, fake ingredient food. All of the food tasted terrible. Like I was like, I can't, I didn't even want to finish the food. Like I, I didn't feel too garbage after, but like while I was eating it, I was like, I don't even want to finish this. Like I'd rather just go literally eat anything else or, or drink those, those calories and, and, and stuff, uh, and alcohol. So I, I don't know, Mike, are you disappointed in me? I don't care. That's more for me. I, I mean, I still live my life. I listen. I I I want to when things are are healthy on the other side. Like I want to do eat dumb shit with you, but like I'll still do that. Like I have a we. I bought like I went to the farmers market yesterday to get some like fresh produce, and I got like six apple cider donuts, uh, these s'more brownie things, uh, an apple like cider like cinnamon like loaf for for breakfast. I don't know. I bought a lot of baked goods. I mean, they're also it was like an organic organic bakery, but it's still fucking not healthy. It's still, you know, baked goods. So I'll still eat that shit with you, Mike. It just, you know, I, fast food is probably like done down for the count for me. I might be like done for good with fast food. I never eat um like sweets and everything. I'm not a big sweets guy, but we took Liam apple picking and we went to Brooksby Farm, right, like, you know, in Peabody. Um and I got a dozen cider donuts, and I think I had like four in the first day. Cider donuts are insane. Oh. Cider donuts are, are uh. like, <laughs> yo, there was this whole funny thing because Liam is in the car in the back and he's eating one. He's taking his time eating it, and he's like, "So I can have another one after this, right?" And like me and Amanda are just laughing, and he's like, "All right, so after I eat this one, I'll have another one." And he just kept on saying it like no joke <laughs> over and over and over. And he's he selling you the narrative. He would no, no. He was selling it hard. He's like he wouldn't give up until he was saying that he was going to have two in that day in that sitting. And we were, I, I like was laughing, so I don't know if he was like thinking, oh, this is this is funny, you know? And I'm like, yeah. Fuck. You know? No, he's he's making sure that when he wraps that rolls credits on that donut, that there's another there's a sequel waiting for him. Like he's oh, not the after credit stinger. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he like Nick Fury's going to walk out and be like, "Have you heard of the Donut Initiative?" And you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, know there's that. I'm allergic to apples, so I Whoa, can't go yeah, apple that picking. That sucks. Oh no. I mean, it's not the. I, well, I mean, I'm drinking an apple. I'm drinking a, a cider right now, which is made from I apples. Do like apples. We just yeah. talked about apples, so I mean, there's some things you're missing out on. But I've, I've never could, had apple cider. There could be worse things you'd be missing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I've is it like people. a? Is it like a? You swell up or or what? Like, yeah, what my is, my throat closes. Oh wow! I didn't even know. Apples were a thing. I didn't know that. I used to eat apples all my life. And then one day I ate an apple when I was in like middle school and my throat closed and I never ate an apple again. I might not be allergic to them anymore. Yeah. But I went to the doctor and they were like, yeah, you're having an allergic reaction. 
And like, I thought maybe it was the pesticides or something. Yeah. But I was like, say. I washed the apple. I peeled the apple. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it was weird. So I, I wonder if it's like a specific type of apple. Like you can't have certain apples and maybe there are certain apples that you could have. Yeah. I don't know, but, uh, I don't have an EpiPen with me, so I just yeah. don't eat apples. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend they're, like, they're here, here's a, enough to avoid. Here's a bushel of apples or whatever the, whatever <laughs> the, the, the metric of denomination for weight or bunches is for apples. I think it is bushels. Say, bushels. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll try to sound smart for a second, but I, we should probably get off this topic of, of apples and fast food because we have a, we have a jam packed episode here with a special guest. What'd you say, Mike? I said, how do you like these apples? All right, hey, anime. All right, anime I've never Mike. seen that movie, but I know that reference. I didn't see the movie either. Man, I'm still making What? Problems. You yeah. guys are crazy. Apples, For the longest bitch. time, I didn't know Goodwill Hunting. I didn't know the guy's name was Will Hunting. I just thought it was like Goodwill. <laughs> I didn't know that until right now. I didn't know that either, and I'm pretty sure I've <laughs> seen that movie. Oh, my God. You guys wait, is that the movie with Robin Williams? Yes. yes. Yeah, the, and wait. Matt Damon. Right, Gus Van Sant. Okay, so I've definitely watched this movie. No idea that that guy's name was Will Hunting. I didn't see (laughs) the movie. movie Sounds like it sucks. Uh, (laughs) It's actually pretty good. Robin Williams is great. I love Robin. No, he's so good in it. Uh, I mean, Matt Damon's fine too. The movie's fine. I just, I don't know. I don't watch. I'm not a movie guy. You know, like Boston guy. You like, you like, you like. I mean, we're from this area, so that. I lived in Boston for a year. I refuse to to watch this movie now. (laughs) <laughs> that's it's like the town it's basically like the town same thing i've Wait, seen the no, town i do like <laughs> the town no no listen I like, like it's like a boston-based movie and like i know that like when i went and saw that in the theaters everyone everyone who was from around here was going to the theater that night you like ran into everyone was it the same with the uh the departed you mean the <sighs> departed departed well, the pilot was boston too yeah probably actually. yeah they filmed that in, uh, in the suffolk library oh, there's like a million movies that are based in massachusetts right all the best uh, i just remember when i uh the first when i was at suffolk for the one year they just kept telling me that the departed was filmed part of it in the suffolk library and wow. i just kept saying okay that's cool that doesn't have any effect on my college education. Yeah. Right. So I, I know we've talked about this at PAX, but I like, I also went to Suffolk. I don't, I feel like they probably said that to me multiple times, but I could care like so little about it. It doesn't matter. That, that it didn't even resonate in my, like, register in my brain that, that right. that was the thing anyone was saying this to me. And they probably did say it multiple times. Not, uh, I didn't see the movie, so I can't make like a reference. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Was Jimmy Renner in that movie? No. The, I think you're thinking of the town. Oh, I think Renner's in the town. The Departed oh, is like Wahlberg and oh, Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scorsese yeah, yeah. film. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is where... Uh, what scenes were in that movie that were in the Suffolk? I don't fucking know. I don't... Yeah, fuck if I know. No. This isn't a, a Suffolk University Anyway, the important podcast. thing is the movie starts or ends with like a rat running across the street. Yeah. <laughs> It's clearly not subtle. <laughs> so I mean, so is this movie like shot for shot Endgame, basically? Yeah, sure. Because like, I don't know. There's a rat in Endgame. He saves the day. He lets Ant Man out of the. Oh, I was like, what is this rat reference? Yeah, Mike, you watch that movie. Yeah, the rat in Departed grows up to be Splinter. How do you not know this? <laughs> it's part of the DMNTCU. Vanilla Ice is the offspring of Mark Wahlberg. I mean, that would check out, but... Anyways, welcome 
everyone to the fast controller podcast a show where a couple of best friends talk about the latest in video games and nerd culture sometimes we have guests sometimes we talk about i don't know boston-based movies too much <laughs> either way we have a new episode for you each and every week as always i'm your host brennan groom and joining me on this lovely evening is the anime senpai himself mr michael is here mike where's the beef yeah i got the shirt from wendy's how are you doing <laughs> it was it's legit i forget how like wendy's was like giving out shirts and i was like i want a shirt so i know i'm jealous i've never seen that shirt ever anywhere else ever like that is the only you you are as far as my life is concerned you are the only person who owns that t-shirt it's fine and like because i don't go anywhere and i feel like i should put on a shirt for work i i like put it on when i'm in the office i haven't had to do it like a video call for work in a very long time but just in case you know something's on yeah and someone pops on the camera and they're, and they're like what's your fucking problem like where's the beef where's the beef at yeah like you guys don't remember that classic wendy's commercial was it like a wendy's slogan for a point I it, no it was like no it wasn't wendy's it goes really far back that's really my that's my my oh, yeah, I'm like that's me when i was like yeah. a child no it goes further back than that like oh, really? i was born 81 and my dad was always like where's the beef you know, like, like that was like, you know, like in 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 like regards to Wendy's or no, in regards was, to something it, else. It was, it was either a show. It wasn't Wendy's. It was a commercial, I believe. It was just. It I, I don't know like, what it was for. It might have been like the got milk of like yes. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I was just gonna do the same. Um, like, did you just call "Where's the Beef" the got milk of yesterday? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a it fucking. Wendy's. It was Wendy's. Wendy's oh, wow. in 1984. Wendy's coined it. Where's Wendy's? Okay. Shit, Mike, get that tattooed on your arm. I've been so wishy-washy on tattoos because I know I'm the type of person who would get something and think it's hilarious for like a week, and then after that, I'm like, man, I wish I could change this. What What Um, was this? And that that is 100% something that would I would be immediately like bored with 45 minutes after. Oh, absolutely. What was the Facebook status that you scrolled by and it was an inside joke that you just like 10 years later don't know what the fuck you were talking about? I mean, I would have to look for it again. Like there was a couple of them that I looked at and then I would have to Google the actual line itself. And then like I I would it would pull up like a quote from a show I used to watch like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Without going down this rabbit hole too far, there was so there was a, a stretch of time where. Like when Mike's birthday would come up, I would click, you know, if you go on Facebook, you can like click on see friendship and it just shows you the two, oh, yeah, like yeah. you and that person's like history. I would do that and I would like look through certain things and like anytime it was Mike's birthday, it would always be like a very specific type of thing I would write on his wall. So I would like keep that tradition up for a long time. But recently I went through and went like real far back on on there and it's like some of the stuff just in general that we would say publicly on Facebook is very weird. Like it's just (laughs) like, it's very weird that it would be like, Mike, what are you doing? You want to come over and play smash brothers? Like, it would be like, it would be like, let's like initiate hanging out through, I don't know. It was just like weird. And and Facebook messenger wasn't a thing. So you were just writing like on his wall for anyone to see. So everybody knew what you were doing. Like, but that was just what you did. It was so weird. it's so bizarre because like i couldn't even imagine doing that now so publicly like like we clearly had access to phones like i don't know why we weren't just texting each other that information like i don't know you wanted everyone to know that you were making plans 
You want everyone. You wanted everyone to know. He's got a good point. He's got a really good point. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so like, you, I'm I'm. Scrolling are you laughing because Todd put on glasses? <laughs> oh, that's actually really good too. No, no, um. no I'm, scro- I'm scrolling through like my Facebook trying to find like, um, like an old sass that I could point at and be like, yeah, I don't oh, know what God. that actually means. And um. So let me preface this by saying, for a pre, for like a long time, Facebook statuses, they were always framed in like such a way, like your name was there, and then like it would, your status would just be like a line that followed your name. So I would always set my status to, so my name would like fill in a spot in the line. So like if if there was a a quote or something, and someone's name showed up in that quote, I would put my status so that way my name would kind of fall into where that other name would show up. That's all I'm saying. Or like if there was a pronoun. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Point is, uh, I'm looking at my statuses and I see one that just says, Heard Shalazar the wizard has a super de duper big dick. And I laughed really hard at that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know what that reference is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyways. So like, I, okay. I got yeah. that reference, but the other ones, I'm still looking for like one that I don't. Yeah, fi- find find a banger in there while I introduce the rest of the people. Oh, also, and here's a good one. Here we smoke go. Smoke weed. He farts weed smoke. That I came up that the one. other night on fucking Overwatch. Night, but it's, it's there from 2008. Wow, that's I'm, a long. I'm going really far back. Yeah, get get in there. D- dig in deep. The anime like Mike looks very angry. By the way, I, I don't know why you have such furrowed brows. I'm so, ma- I'm so mad I, we don't all have an anime character. I, yeah, how did you do that? <laughs> oh, Mike has all these filters installed. That uh, you, is there an easy way to share that information, Mike? Oh, yeah. It's super easy. It's just, I, I don't know why you guys never do it. I mean, Todd can't because he's not on a capable thing. <laughs> Mike's having too much fun. Also yeah. joining us this evening is the f- former Overwatch fiend, Mr. Action Bang Bang Shoot 'em Up, Todd Gary. Todd, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. You're you getting tired of that intro? No, no, it's fine. I need to alter it because you're like a, a completely like you fell off the fucking wagon and then like rolled into the street and got hit by a car like you are back in <laughs> Overwatch hard. And not really. I, I don't think I'm playing. I'm only playing when you guys play. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. You're not really dipping I, too much when you're alone. Can, compared to when like, you know, I was playing by myself quite a bit. I would be playing every single night for at least three hours a night. Like there was oh. no there was no. Oh, I know. There wasn't. I, I would see you. I would check my phone and be like, "Oh, who's on Xbox?" And I'd look and be like, "Okay, I'm not playing Overwatch. I'm not going to get on Xbox." <laughs> right. Um, and rounding us out, we have a special guest this evening. You may—I mean, you should know who this person is for multiple reasons. But if you're a fan of the show, you might know him from appearing on previous spoiler casts. But this is the first official episode that this fine young uh, gentleman. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Really with wanted to see where you were going with this one. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's not what I was initially going to say. So now I'm like tripping over my words. Uh, I don't. This is horrible. I am terrible. I love this. This is episode no, 222, perfect. and it's like it my first perfect. time talking on a microphone. You may. That's why. Okay. I'm like. I looked over, and I had something like up on my screen that shouldn't have been there. That was messing me up. When I looked over, my eyes got caught by something else. Um. Anyways, you may know him from words at Prima Games, from pre- previously podcast, spoiler cast episodes. I really cannot speak at all. I'm butchering this intro. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone listening out there, please welcome Mr. Jesse DeVitelli to the podcast. 
Hey, what's going on? That was a really long-winded way to get there, but we made it. I'm happy. I, I wanted to butter you up. I wanted the people to be excited for you. I like I'm excited for you. And I apparently I just got too excited. I'm I, I'm I'm flustered right now. I appreciate the enthusiasm. And it it's it's funny because like your introduction was just as good as my goodbye to Twinfinite, in which I had a typo in my tweet, which just really showcased how much how much better at writing I got because <laughs> It's just like I didn't proofread my own fucking tweet. Yep. Yep. And, and this so, just yeah, shows par for the course. Yeah. I I will say, I I believe this is the first time in in our history, and we've had many many guests on the show over, over this these long long um, thirteen years. I think at this point, I don't even know. Uh, I think you're the first time I've gotten flustered and messed up an intro on a guest. So hell yeah, that's that's some. There's Taking something over my there. grave. There's something special in New York happening right now. And it's Jesse. And it's just it's just raw sewage. <laughs> I mean, it could be that. It could be that too. So, Jesse, for people who may not know who you are, give give the pitch. Where who who are you? What what should people know you from? What should people look for you on? What's all your right. favorite? What's your favorite thing to do in in the winter? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's start. So uh, I'm a Libra. I like long walks on the beach. My first AOL screen name was Scooby Ten Sixteen. Uh, I still have that account. If you want to email me, you can you can hit me up there. Um, Wait, no, is there a backstory to Scooby 1016 or no? Uh, my mom made me an AOL account when I was six so I could play some AOL games that I wanted to play. <laughs> and uh, she was like, you like Scooby-Doo, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. The dog's cool. And then so she was like, okay. And my birthday's 1016. So could you put two and two together. Um, Ooh, coming up. So that means if you're out there listening right now, get a, get a gift in the mail. 1016 is, is, is happening. A couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Uh, I have words on to infinite. Uh, I'm not currently writing for to infinite. I, I had to to leave there after I started writing for Prima because I just didn't have the time. I like, I couldn't be in two places at once. Um, but yeah, so you can find me, my words at Prima uh, and you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I tweet a lot of really crazy stuff. Currently I'm really hung up on that giant home Depot skeleton. Uh, I don't I know, know if you I, all have seen it. But I've it, seen, I've seen it because of your tweet. It uh, uh, I tried to buy one yesterday, and they're not shipping them, but there's one in Staten Island, and I would have to take it on the ferry. So if I can get it on the ferry, I'm good to go. Just have to figure that out. You should but, I mean, who? It, it's like twelve feet, right? It's like a twelve foot skeleton. Twelve, 12 foot, uh, twelve feet, and the eyes illuminate. And so I have a I have a deck on my apartment, and it's it's pretty sizable, and uh, it overlooks some like other people's decks, like to the right of my apartment building. So I really just want to kind of set it up in the corner. And so it's just like, they look one way and they see buildings, but then they look to their left and there's just a giant towering skeleton. Yes. Yeah. I, I vote. Eyes. I vote. Yes. Yeah. I vote it's, yes. Just, it's just about trying to figure out how to get it there. Back to the let's, apartment. Let, let's set up a GoFundMe. Let's, uh, let's for Jesse's <laughs> birthday, let's get the skeleton, not only purchased, but also delivered via this GoFundMe. Let's make this happen. Oh, I would love that. We have we have a little over sixteen days to make that happen. So, internet, get to it. I think I might actually be able to put it in my room. I have pretty high ceilings. I think I'm. I think it could fit in here. I don't know how tall my ceilings are, but twelve a twelve foot skeleton, definitely not a bad call. There's definitely other uses for that outside of, you know, Halloween decoration. I just if I have to move, it's going to be a pain. But otherwise, yeah, totally worth it. Okay. I, an, another question for you to, to kind of to kind of open you up to the listeners, you know, maybe yeah, get a sure. feel a feel for for where Jesse's head's at when it comes to games. 
I don't. Right. I mean, I didn't. I didn't give you this question in advance, so I'm putting you on the spot here. This so. is true. I have not been briefed on whatever this question is. So I, I'll give you one or one of two options. Do you have a favorite game of all time, or if it's too hard to just give one, do you have a top five or a rough top five? Favorite games of all time. I feel like that. It depends on the day you ask me, right? Yeah, it's a tough question. Yeah. Um, I could say in my top three, uh, consistently is Luigi's Mansion. Okay, the first one. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. I'd say that's probably that's probably up there. Uh, I think I'd put Persona Five Royal up there too. Um, I really, to join really like that game. Um, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, I love the Breath of the Wild or Link to the Past," like, I, or, or or Super Mario Sunshine or or some other bullshit game. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I don't know. I just like. I think Luigi's Mansion is probably my most consistent consistent option. And like Tetris, like Tetris is mm-hmm. like a mainstay, you know. Uh especially Tetris Effect. That game rules. Yeah. I play a lot of I try to play at least once a day. That game is so uh, good. Have you played it in VR or no? No. I so it recently came to Quest and I have a quest, so I want to uh try that out. You should definitely do it. It's like I cause I have it on PSVR and it is like for for a game that almost makes no sense to be in VR, it somehow is like one of the best VR games. Damn, it's, I, it, I gotta put that up there. It's it's yes. just really. Oh, go ahead, Todd. No, I was gonna say, do you like your quest? Because I'm actually planning on getting a, the quest too when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, I really, I love my quest. If you're if you're looking for like extremely low maintenance VR, just something yeah, you can so literally just put yeah. on your head and just go. Yeah. Okay. It's it's yeah. that 100. percent You okay, literally cool. you put it on your head and then it asks you. Uh, it'll show you like a virtual scan of the room, That's and it just asks you to like draw boundaries so it's like there's an object here there's an object here there's an object here and it's like okay we now know where it's safe for you to go and not go and if you yep. move out of that boundary we will tell you and okay. so it's super super easy to use yeah I, I do recommend it's a little pricey the quest 2 is is more reasonably priced i think yeah i can't wait i'm i'm, I, yeah. I'm pumped to get it because i had the psvr but that thing was a, a bulky mess Yes, also, the controller fine. the controllers are really good. I really like the the touch controllers. I don't need a quest. Don't don't sell me on a quest, but sell <laughs> Todd on a quest. Can the quest two oh, handle Half Life, Alex, or no? Because that's what Todd uh, really wants to play. So the I quest the quest can. So I imagine the quest two can. So go, it's not. It's so here's here's the here's the catch though. It's not like native. It doesn't like work natively. You need that PC link cable. PC, yeah. So if you have a if you have a computer that can run it, it's it's literally just putting a wire into the quest and a wire into the PC. I think the wire is like 40 bucks. It's like a little pricey for what it is, but yeah, it's just about plugging a wire into the PC and downloading it on steam. Cool. I mean, if that's the case, then I'll probably get a quest. Forget about <laughs> the PS5 and the, uh, whatever the other one, Xbox super X death by daylight or whatever. Um, yeah, you got I'll it. Wait, Mike, why do you need a quest? What do you, what, what is not on PSVR that you need on, on Oculus? The wireless, all that wireless fucking. Yeah, but is there is there a is there a VR game that you're like hankering for? Not hankering for, but I would definitely try out um, Half Life if I had the opportunity. Todd, he's just he just wants to get it so he can play Half Life and be like, "Wow, Todd, this is the best game I've ever played in my life," I'm and sure, you can never I'm play sure. it. It is a great game, and I'm, I'm uh, I mean, or I could I'm do sure like Beat Saber, uh, like custom tracks. Yeah, I'm 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 in the midst of trying to figure out how to do that. Um, I've, I've been in some talks with some people, and they've been kind of showing me how to do it. I will say though, I don't know how well the quest runs, Alex. 
Uh, I haven't yeah, watched like, sure. videos or seen anything, so I, I would yeah. do a, like a little bit of, of research. I, I, yeah. Listen, my my mo for the longest time has been to purchase a, a product and then do research after I've already committed to buying it, and like I'm not gonna put the effort into canceling. I'm like, okay, so this was actually a bad choice, but it's coming to my house anyway. I might as well make the most of it. That's that's exactly how I do everything. Yep, yeah. that's that is Mike's life in a nutshell. I think I'll be like Mike. Why don't you cancel it, Mike? Why don't you return it? Nah, it's already here. Like it's, 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 it's right back in the mail. It's not even like it's already here. It's like I literally just pressed, you know, process payment, and then I'm then like going into Google, like Googling the actual product itself. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm getting myself into. You're you Googleizer, Mike. Um, can you right. hear I, people I, yelling in my apartment right now? Uh, I can hear general noise, but this is a special episode. <laughs> Listen, there a car will drive by Mike's house and it will sound like a fucking plane ah, is taking off. Fucking, or, okay, yeah, okay. Like a, everything, everything's fine here. This is this is a laid back show. If listeners have a problem, you can at Jesse Vitelli on Twitter don't, and tell him. Don't worry, my son's gonna be home in like 15, 20 minutes, and like he's never up this late, so we'll see what happens soon. You know? <laughs> no, get him on the show. Ask him what his favorite Good. game of all time is. <laughs> oh, uh, I would love just like to interview. Oh, he'd love it. He would Interview love it. Liam. Like, I, I just, I need to know what, like, kids love about video games at that age now. Right now, all he loves, he, like, loves Mario. He loves Kirby. Anything Kirby, Mario. Uh, he's been been playing all the classics. I bought him a Switch. So I, Hell yeah. I, I got, yeah, so I, he has Super, Super Nintendo games and Nintendo games. Uh, I got him the, the, the Mario 3D collection for his birthday tomorrow, so he'll be psyched with that. I don't know if he's going to be able awesome. to play it though, because everyone's complaining about the controls, just, and I'm like, they're just old. Yeah, they're just old. Yeah. I mean, depending on how many games he's he's played using a right, like a like a right analog stick camera control, if it's not conditioned that way, look, he'll be fine. So he made it all the way through 3D World with like a little help from me, but like, yeah. So he's 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 getting like way better at games, but it, it was hard at first because he would like he'd want me to play it all the time. I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, all right. Buddy, you play, you play. So now he's, I think he's, he'll have fun with 64 and Galaxy, no problem. I think he'll be very uh, aggravated with Sunshine. Okay, 100%. Sure. But I, I've, I've learned this week that a lot of kids love Kirby. Love, I didn't know love, this, love, but I, I've love. talked to a couple other uh, other people who who have kids, and they're like, "Yeah, no, my kid loves Kirby, and like Super Kirby Fighters too, or whatever." I don't want to jump ahead if that's in the news, but that came out or whatever, and people yeah. seem stoked on it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically All-Star Kirby Allies. Smash. Yeah, yeah, he beat Kirby All Star Allies in like three days. That's like he's obsessed with Kirby, and he'll. Oh play yeah, well, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I thought the game was terrible. I'm like, I, I didn't think the game was that good, and he was like, but he loves anything Kirby. Hell he yeah! Can, like, try to no, Kirby games are fine. I mean, Kirby games are they are like are what they are. They're not like they're not necessarily difficult. I would say, like, if you want to like hundred percent it, there's definitely some challenging stuff to be tucked away in there, but. I mean, Kirby games are fine, but I do like Kirby. But yeah, I've I've actually you said that Jesse. I've noticed a few other people I know that also have children that that play games, and like Kirby is is, is up there. I as, always wondered uh, where the Kirby fans were. Which I found right, them. exactly. Yeah, they yeah exactly. <laughs> they they're there. Oh, Kirby! I did love Kirby growing up, actually. Too Kirby is was, was my dude. So I can. Uh, I, I played the N sixty four game, and I liked it a lot. I don't uh, know if that one's well received or not, but I really like that one. I think a lot of people do like that crystal shards. Um, I never had crystal shards growing up, so I never barely played it. I rented it's, it from like Blockbuster or something. It's definitely, I have like the 25th anniversary of Kirby on Wii and it's on that collection. So I may have like popped in it then, but 
I don't think I actually ever beat it. But I think people do have a have a, a fondness for that game. I, I like a lot of the old Kirby games. Actually, Kirby uh one of the three DS Kirby games was very good. I can't remember. Triple Deluxe. Triple Deluxe. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I think people also liked Planet Robobot, but I did not play Planet Robobot. Yeah. I I, he, I hear about Triple Deluxe and Epic Yarn a lot. Those are the yeah. two that I, I hear a lot about. Yeah, you know what? Ep- Epic Yarn was actually pretty Epic good Yarn too. Was good. Yeah, was I didn't play the three DS like updated version but i did play it on the wii that game was the wii. was it the wii u Epic was, I no i think it was the wii i i bought a 3ds and i maybe played like three games on it it's my like my biggest hole in the, just like great game so like he, a platform of great games it has so many good games todd don't you no, fucking slander he's a, any he's a man of fine taste you probably enjoyed the vita more like myself you know Nope, never had a Vita. <laughs> yeah, Todd. No one, no one enjoys the Vita. Get out of here. My, my <laughs> guess is right Vita, here. For some I just, reason. I don't like care for hand. Like I don't, I barely play my Switch hand. Oh my like, god, I'm just I not a handheld person. I've only mm. docked my Switch once. I and That's I and I play like yeah. I I just literally always play it handheld. It's it's basically my handheld console. I play all my indies on it because I love playing indies handheld. To quickly prove how little I play handhelds, just just I have a desk with junk in it behind me i can't wait i'm very excited to see what's in here jesse is reaching into his desk we're gonna see we're gonna see some things we're gonna we're gonna look at some show and tell here switch light turquoise baby that teal is nice just sitting in a draw like that i don't use just (laughs) with a bunch of trash how dare you how dare you sir i'm I'm not calling it trash by the way i do i do enjoy the switch i don't play it handled. It was a a very poor purchase on my end. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. See, like, I, like a game like Dead Cells, Hades, like those games are like I I could never picture them playing another way than playing it handheld. It's like all I want to do is play it on handheld. I want it like close to my face and something about indies on my handheld. It's it's my the, my Switch is my indie machine plus all the bonuses I get from you know the Nintendo games that are great. Yeah. Hell yeah. We get it, Todd. All right, we get it. You you love the Vita. You love you. Apparently, you love indies. <laughs> get out of here, you liar. You're tell me more about liar. Uncharted: Golden Abyss. Yeah, <laughs> Todd. Name five good Vita games. No, don't do this. This is gonna take forever. No, you and do this it, every time. I know because it's a garbage fucking system. I named the only Vita game I know. <laughs> that was my reference. Todd, Todd names Vita indies that are available elsewhere. So. No, that, I mean that's like where Mike's I gonna know. pull up his broken Vita oh, right now. Uh, Ocean Horn. That's one, right? Uh, Chasm, that's another. Um, for Todd, it's like Spelunky, Hotline, Hotline Miami. Those are all games I could only play. Oh yeah, I did see I did see Hotline Miami on a Vita in a in a in a recent AAA video game. Yep. Yes, right. Yeah, right. Tomorrow is Last of Us Day. For I don't know why that's a thing, but that's a thing tomorrow. Oh, is that tomorrow? I believe so. Yes. I thought it was today. I think it's tomorrow, but the official Naughty Dog Twitter account decided to share information or things today as well. Okay, bye, Todd. Bye, Todd. <laughs> uh, anyways, quick housekeeping stuff so we can get to the, the actual meat and bones of the episode here. This what episode of the Pass Controller Podcast. What, Mike? So what meat and bones of this episode? We have nothing to talk about. I mean, we'll, Very we'll make it up as we go. Yeah, we'll make it up as we go. We'll 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 we'll, we'll manufacture some some news and some topics on the fly. Uh, this episode of the Past Control Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area, or the North Shore, 
on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and you need yourself something sweet, something tasty, something delicious up in your belly, you can hit up Goodnight Fatty in person, or they'll deliver it right to your house. You don't have to leave your house. I am not leaving my house right now. I'm trying to stay indoors as much as possible. So you're telling me that I can get fresh, hot cookies baked to order, delivered to my doorstep, and no one has to touch me or see me or talk to me or breathe on me? Sign me up. Get me some cookies. On a Friday from 4 to 10, Saturday from 2 to 10, Sunday from 2 to 9, you can get yourself some hot, fresh cookies, a rotating offering each and every weekend. Let me tell you, they never disappoint. Except for when there's nuts, because I personally don't really like nuts in my cookies. But the cookies are still good. I just don't like nuts. That was a pointless thing to say. And if you need, <laughs> if you need some, so if you're going to send me cookies, don't send me them when they have nuts. Because I'll just, I'll stare at them and I'll begrudgingly eat them when I finish the other ones. And if you want something to tickle your fancy on a Sunday morning, they got you covered with chubbies from eight to two. Get yourself something sweet, something savory, something spicy. They got some nice coffee, some dream cream. If you want a little, little something bonus in your coffee in the morning, but uh, they're a local business. They're good people. They're good to us. So support your local business when you can. And when you do head down to Goodnight Fatty, let them know that Pass the Controller sent you. A few other housekeeping things. The PTC Movie Club for September is wrapping up. We were going to talk about it today, but with some scheduling issues, Todd wasn't able to watch the movie yet. So we will be talking about that next week. So you get one extra bonus week. if you. Wait, in, who gets to pick the next movie? Is it you? Me, motherfucker. Shut up. Well, can we skip to me? No. Uh, so yeah, you have, you have an extra week to watch Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation if you for some reason want to watch Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation Mike's pick for September. Uh, I watched it this morning. It's a movie. It's an action movie for sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you missed our PAX online panels, which Jesse, our esteemed guest, was on, was on one of these lovely panels. Both of those panels are now up on YouTube and up on our podcast feed. So if you want to watch the video version, the audio version, you want to see what you missed out on live on Twitch earlier this month, you can check those out. But anyways, let's roll. Oh, go ahead. You got something? No, I just like, Fucking hell yeah. Number one, let's do it. <laughs> uh, rolling right in to our topics this evening. Actually, before we even get to the main topic, uh, besides Hades, because I think uh, all of us are playing Hades or have played Hades recently or whatever. Is there anything else on your uh, gaming gaming agenda this week, Jesse? Anything you've been playing recently you want to chat about or you don't have to. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm trying to think like uh, Hades. Uh, so, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get into Hades, I assume, at some point. Mm, yeah, uh, I, I did. I did see credits on the game, so I, I kind of put that away like midweek. Um, mm. I, I mean, like Among Us, like everyone's kind of been playing Among Us here and there. We played Left 4 Dead 2 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, though, I've been watching my roommate play through Hades for the first time, so that's nice. been really fun. But I haven't nice. really been playing anything else myself. Yeah, well, I mean, Hades. How, what what could follow up Hades? You it's know true. what I'm saying? Like it, anything you play right after Hades might might not hold hold a candle to an arguable game of the year, which we'll get to in just a second. What about you, Todd? Anything you playing anything this week other than Hades? Uh, yes, Animal Hades. Crossing. Animal Crossing, uh, Avengers. I started up today uh, Mafia Definitive Collection. Oh, nice. Um, so it's fucking great. I'm loving it already. Uh, I've never played the original Mafia. Huge fan of Mafia 2. And I never really played Mafia 3, so I just bought them all. I'm going to just rip through them all. Is this also in the Departed Universe? What's that? Is this also in the Departed Universe? Is it like a sequel mean? to the Departed? It's a sequel to The Town. 
Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so there's a scene where Ben Affleck takes his shirt off and does uh, pull-ups in a dark room for some reason. Is that yeah. is that in the game? Okay. Yeah, but he's he's happen? got like he's he's very Italian. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm sold on the game now. I'll, I'll buy it. I mean, yeah, sure. What about you, Mike? Anything making its way besides uh, the old Overwatch and Left 4 Dead with us last night? Nope. <laughs> I, I fucking hate you so much, Mike. Uh, for me, wait, Mike, are you not playing the Mario Collection? What are you talking about? Oh yeah, I forgot. I started that. I kind of stopped. <laughs> I, I still, <laughs> I still hate you, fuckers, for playing Left 4 Dead because it's like a game that like get a PC. Yeah, fuck you. I fuck was not told. <laughs> that you loved Left 4 Dead. I was simply asked if I would play Left 4 Dead, and I said okay. And well, I Ty showed up, and I Ty played. doesn't have a PC, so that was like part of the thing Man, with I last night. Like... Um, well, I'll get I'll... it on Xbox, and we'll play together. I don't think I like. I haven't touched that game since 360. I think it's backwards compatible. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we should. It. We could all probably pop it in. I definitely. I mean, I definitely own it somewhere. It's. I don't know if I need to use the disc or not, but I think I have one or two, but I don't remember which. I would have to look. I I am surprised that Valve never made a third game because I feel like there was enough people that liked that game. Valve and I'm also Valve never made series. Wow, that's a fucking surprise. Look at you, Mike, with the hot take. Uh, I mean, I I also just feel like no one else ever really made a that style of game that was successful. Like I feel like we've seen other like. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how you would describe that game, but like games like Evolve, where it's like, I feel like we've seen other games mimic yeah, the style of Left 4 Dead, but yeah, it's never, no it's never do done, like done it, well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys were there, but a couple of years ago at PAX East, it might be longer than that. There was this game Earthfall. I did I play. It. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I played like a like like an early access build of it, and that mm-hmm. game is like pretty much Left 4 Dead. Like it. It's like instead of zombies, they're like alien creatures, but it's like first person shoot, shoot them up, you know, like start a generator. This horde's going to come. There's a, like the equivalent of like a spitter and a hunter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was fun. I mean, I don't it clearly it didn't like catch on like to yeah. become popular the way that Left 4 Dead did. But uh, isn't yeah, there like yeah. A dino, isn't there a dino game coming out soon? That's kind of like Left 4 Dead style. It's like they they announced it. Yeah, or something. I, I think it was at the ex- the first Xbox uh, showcase like the this third party one familiar. and then there's the spiritual successor uh back for blood which we were talking a little bit about last night mm-hmm. x valve people that are like forming a studio or something to uh make a game that is pretty much left for dead so, so that, that could be good yeah, yeah that i promise absolutely. yeah it, it's, it's kind of just crazy to me that no one else really took that and ran with it and made something that that caught on especially like even just making another zombie game there there was like a good chunk of time where like zombies were the thing like at the peak of walking dead and like all like there there was a time where zombies were were hot did you I play the like, world war z game no i i did, I a little did. Bit, anyway. yeah I, I played a little bit because it was free on the epic game store a couple months yeah. ago and it's basically like third person left for dead it's not Is as it good or no if, if you're looking for a an easy to play multiplayer game with some friends like mm-hmm. that's fine you know it, it satisfies it, the the craving I, I am kind of surprised. Pass, it was on Game Pass. Oh, really? Well, maybe I'll look yeah. into it then. I, I am actually kind of surprised last night with like, you know, for a game that's like eight or so or even maybe even more years old at this point, like it played pretty well. Like it played pretty smooth. It played, you know, it played fine. You know, clearly definitely an older game, but 
I, I was like, surprised at how much fun we had. I, like I would definitely hop into Left 4 Dead, you know, for a random session again at some point. Like that yeah, was that was a lot of fun. And not, and we were playing like kind of new content. Yeah, like, exactly. That, so. They that like that fan uh like not it's not even a mod because it's like officially sanctioned by Valve. They said it was cool. Mm -hmm. It's like that game got an update with like balance changes and new a part partly like a new campaign and stuff. Yeah, I, cool. I like briefly looked at the notes for like what was added and it's like a, like a decent amount of stuff for yeah. for what it was i mean hats off to valve for letting the letting the community do something cool and run with it yeah um but yeah mike as far as the mario collection is concerned are you just you playing 64 and that's it or do you dip into all the games no i figured i would beat 64 first and then move forward move along I didn't, I didn't beat 64 so here we are so that, that was my plan too i finished mario 64 over the week and i loved it fantastic uh, still holds up. I think it's a great game. I mean, definitely a little bit of you know dust on on those wheels. You know, it, it's came out in 1996, but for for it being that old and you know for being what it was at the time it was, I think it still holds up pretty well. I was really excited to start Sunshine, get get a fresh take on Sunshine. It's not a good game. It's just really not a good game. Thank you. Like I I want to love Sunshine. I didn't I didn't dislike Sunshine when it came out. Like I don't I don't have like. I wasn't one of those people that was like sometimes a garbage game. Like it just, it was never my favorite Mario game, but playing it now, I'm just like really just want to go to galaxy. So I started playing galaxy last night. I'm like, Oh my God, this is a fantastic game. And sunshine is not a fantastic game. It's crazy how wrong you are. It's just weird. Sunshine I has some of the worst Mario level design. Yes. It's, it's, so, just, it's so it's bad. Bad. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, what really is not clicking with me for sunshine and it's not flood flood is fine it's flawed it's not perfect it doesn't function great but it's the mario platforming itself is not good it might be the worst mario platforming it is just he there's something about controlling him that is off and in almost every other mario game controlling mario feels great in every mario game like yeah, it I don't feels think 64 feels great Again, when you open that collection this weekend and you play it, play all... I mean, Galaxy's fantastic. You don't need to play Galaxy to get a refresher. It's fantastic. But play 64, I mean, yes, it's it's old. It's, it came out in 1996. It was, like, really the first big, you know, open-world 3D platformer. Um, Sunshine, I don't know. I don't know about Sunshine. I'm going to finish it. I'm, I'm going to try to finish it. The lowest... The low, just, I believe. Just admit that you're not good at the game, and then you don't have to. You can see, like no, it's not. Right. See, no, it's play fine. The, no. Go play the lily pad level and tell me, <laughs> and tell me that's a good level. Yeah, I mean, I like the, lily pad the level is like the one I have not beaten. I know I haven't beaten that lily. It's pad brutal. That that game has very bad level design, and it is sorry, like sorry, you don't like soul style, right? You know, it's not. So listen, if, <laughs> if, <laughs> campfire, it, when I, campfire, when when the game came out on the GameCube. I and like years later, I would always say like, yeah, Sunshine's one of the hardest Mario's, but I don't think it's the hardest one of the hardest Mario's because it is a hard game. I think it is a flawed gameplay mechanic game, which makes it's the hard game because hard. The game, the game fights you at every at yeah. every corner. Like to... it, he does. Mario doesn't jump the way he should jump. He doesn't move the way he should move. It's very it's very, very clunky. I, I'm very I don't know. Like it's, I, it's, it's weird because it's it's designed it's a Mario game designed about uh, designed around always having a power up. Yes. Like most Mario games are designed without power ups and then you get a power up and that's what makes it exciting because you can suddenly bypass all these parts, but everything that game is designed 
knowing exactly what you're going to have at all times. And yes. And so it, it breaks it in a weird way. That's why the best parts of those games are the ones where they take flood away. Not because flood sucks, like you said, but because, because like it knows you're just doing straight platforming. Do, do, and do, that, do, that track is a banger. That track is a banger, but like so much of the other things in that game are like not like when you like when you I don't know I, I don't want to turn this into like a hating on sunshine session no, it's but just, if you can't get past it it's fine you don't have to hate on the game though I need to get 50 shines to beat the game at the bare minimum I'm my goal is no to way. do that me and Amanda had like 75 and like we still couldn't reach up to the sky I feel like we had like I, 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 I legitimately think you need like 76 don't you I looked it up I, I looked to see what the bare oh, minimum no, it's, was it's, it's seven shines you have to beat Shadow Mario in every world. Okay, that's probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you can't, like, compensate uh, in one world with another. Like, you have to hit, I think, seven in every world because that's when Shadow Mario oh, shows up. That's disgusting. I'm probably not going to finish that. Noki Noki Bay is one of the worst levels in Mario history, and I will stand by that. Which one was Noki Noki Bay? It's the was one with the poison water and the eel. It's the one where you got to clean the eel's teeth. It's that I, one. I, I barely, barely. I, it's like, like the shell I, people. Is that the one where like you're running on the beach and like the the, the birds are there? And no, no, like, that's Gelato Beach. Um, that's Gelato Beach. Jesse's a fucking uh, Super Mario Sunshine savant over here. I, I know a lot about Super Mario Sunshine for a game that I absolutely despise. Uh, <laughs> Noki Noki Bay is like it's like the water is like poisonous. It's like purple, and then you have to like jump through the waterfall, and then there's the whole level where like the eel comes up and you got to clean his teeth. Okay, now no, I do now remember that. That level okay. sucks. Is that the one you get to by looking directly into the sun? Yes. Okay, there it is. Spoilers, Mike. Uh, I got to. You want to do I a think. Spoiler cast for for uh, sunshine <laughs> for no. like a for like a fifteen year old game. Yeah, it'll start it'll, it tomorrow. That'll be a five minute spoiler cast where I go. This game fucking blows. Don't play. <laughs> Todd, can you make Liam write or just talk a review of Mario Sunshine? Yes. I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to film some stuff of him when he starts playing it. I, think. I, I would, I would like, love to see someone do a new reaction to that game. Brennan, yeah. because you're using the HyperX microphone, send send Todd your, your Yeti and just have him record Liam just talking, playing the game. <laughs> sure. I mean, that'd be fantastic. It would get the most views on anything we've ever done, I would imagine. Right. Uh, good content. Get a load of hot dog fingers. Get a load of hot dog fingers. <laughs> hey, I love that. Jeff, Back- Jeff Bacalar can monetize his kid. We can start monetizing children. Let's do it. Do it. Absolutely. Make it happen. We'll get a I don't whole like lot. the way I phrase that. I don't like the way I phrase that. I just want to go on no, record saying I I don't I like don't, I don't listen, like that. That's fair, but honestly, kids are money makers and like just fucking get that money because they're not getting taxed for it. They're children. <laughs> no one's gonna the IRS isn't gonna come after No one's gonna come after you're not gonna tax a child. <laughs> Mike's Mike, you're onto something. Anyways, we're 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 dangerously dipping into not talking about anything on on the agenda tonight and, and running into this episode at full speed. So before we get into the big big topic, the last thing that I wanted to touch on was Hades because Todd's loving Hades, I'm loving Hades. Jesse is got his flag in the ground for Hades as game of the year. And I don't think he's incorrect. I think he, I think Hades should absolutely be in that conversation. Um, but w- w- since you're, since you're the guest and since you, you've been playing Hades for, did you play it on steam first? Yeah. Like I've, played I've, been playing, I've been playing since the day, the, the day the game came out. Nice. Like early access. Yeah. 
So, uh, I mean, keeping up with it. what are your, I guess, I don't know, how, wherever you want to go with Hades here. What do you want to, I mean, let's, let's talk about Hades. I love Hades. So, uh, for, first of all, I was, I was super excited when, uh, I was excited when they announced it for switch and then they announced all that cross save stuff. So I was like super pumped on that. I was like, cool. I can bring it over to the switch. I can just yeah, that's have, huge. It, have yeah. it on the switch. And then like, unfortunately that stuff got pushed back. Uh, they were, like it wasn't ready for launch. Or oh, it's not available yet. Oh, I didn't. The cross save stuff is not. It, they said by the end of the year. Uh, but I was super excited. I think it was. Like, it was only last week. Uh, when they had that Nintendo Direct partner showcase or whatever, and they were like, mm-hmm. "It's out today," and everyone's like, "Oh, Hades on Switch. Hades on Switch." And I'm like, frantically searching. I'm like, "Does that mean 1.0 started today? Does that mean the ending is in the game? Because that's what I want to know." Because, uh, in during early access, uh, there was no end in the game. There was no ending. So okay. when you when you finished a run, uh, they would make up like a funny little story, like uh, Zagreus like tripped on a, a pitchfork and it impaled him, and then he ended up back in the underworld. And then like a, a scream would come up and say, "Be like, congratulations, you beat the game." Like we haven't added the true ending in yet, but in 1.0, like you'll see the like where the story goes. And so once 1.0 came out with the Switch, I got back into it immediately, and I had been playing, you know, a couple weeks prior, like a ton, and. I think what that game does for the roguelite genre is super important. Like, I don't want to like, I, I don't want to like overemphasize it, but like, kind of like how Breath of the Wild changed the Zelda formula a lot, right? Like, it kind of was like suddenly this this new innovation on an open world, a, a very like classic trope. Mm-hmm. Hades is doing that for the roguelite genre, right? Like, so many times, like, there's either no narrative in a roguelite or there's narrative that's kind of pushed to the side or whatever. But Hades really like it's like no, we're gonna reward you for dying. We're gonna give you story at every turn. We're gonna flesh these characters out, and we're all gonna contextualize it in this crazy like when you die, you get sent back to the underworld and you start again. And there are characters there; they respond to you failing or you succeeding, or mm-hmm. like it 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 does some really incredible narrative stuff. I I to to like compound on that, like I it's probably the only roguelike where when you do die it doesn't feel like i don't necessarily like i might i might be like disappointed like shit i just died at this point or or i can't get past this point or something but it's the only roguelike that i've played where when you do die there's so much to be rewarded by in death with like talking to all the characters that are there and like you know upgrading certain stuff or whatever it may be like it's so fleshed out in those ways that like i i think I, I I struggle to find another roguelite that I've enjoyed, like a Dead Cells or or like something else that I would ever put above Hades. Like I think Hades, like you said, is kind of like the new benchmark for roguelite mm-hmm. games. A hundred percent, and it's just it, the, like it, there's just so much in that game, right? And the game is like what, like twenty five bucks? It was twenty mm-hmm. on sale for everybody who bought it the week of launch. Like you get so much in that package, and even when you think you've seen everything that game has to offer, it introduces something new. And, and like, I'm talking to people right now who are going through it and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm super close to finishing it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not, you're not even close to finishing it. Like finishing a run does not mean that game is over by any stretch of the imagination. And they, and uh, without spoiling anything, like they do a really good job. at even when you could clear a run, giving you incentive to then go back and do it again, like narratively, not That's even huge, yeah. just, just whatever and like it like i i think i have close to like 30 clears on that game and i only just saw credits like a couple runs ago like i finally wrapped up the story and then even then after rolling credits and wrapping up the story 
they still find a narrative reason to give you incentive to keep going. Interesting. And yeah. Really I, cool. I'm loving it. Like the, the characters are well written and well acted. Like the art is, is amazing. Like all of those, you know, interactions with other characters are, is, is like probably one of the best narratives I've played so far this year. Like it's so good. It's, it's really well written and I care about these characters. Like I, I care about their relationships and stuff. It's, it's a, uh, it's pretty good. I know you're loving it too, Todd. What we have anything to add for Hades here or no, because I mean, like, I feel like dead cells, like we said, was the first game that really got me into this style of play. Um, I know rogue legacy was the one that like started it all, but after playing rogue legacy after dead cells, that game just didn't click with me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure I could probably get back into it. But um, this game, I, I mean, I think I told Brendan immediately after playing this game for like probably like 30 minutes. I'm like, Oh, this game is better than Dead Cells, and like Dead Cells, like the benchmark from like. Not only that, I could scroll back in my text. Like the night that we were playing it, like the day that it came out on Switch, Todd texts me. He goes, and this is like a joke that Todd does anytime a new game comes out. He'll text me, be like, "Bro, this is game of the year." I'm like, "Shut the fuck up!" But when he said it about Hades, I was like, "No, I can see that being a game of the year." And then like we're sitting here talking about it, still like it's kind of a game of the year, like without without question. And I've been well, taking my time with it. I haven't really, I mean, I've been playing, I probably already put 10 hours into this week, but like, I'm still kind of just, I'm just trying to collect purple gems and trying to get certain things. And I'm mm-hmm. not really like trying my hardest to bust through every level. I'm just trying to collect items and shit right now. Yeah. I, I think, I think it handles progression really well, both with the narrative and with like your unlocks and abilities and stuff like that. Like, I think all of the things that a typical roguelike does where, there's some for, form of progression. Like Dead Cells had some form of progression. Like when you died in Dead Cells, you didn't start completely from you know ground zero. There were certain things that you know carried over and stuff like that. Where I I like the way that that Hades handles it. And I want like I think Dead Cells is great. I think Dead Cells is probably nine out of ten, ten out of ten. Like Dead Cells is a fantastic game. I'm not trying to sit here and be like Dead Cells sucks. Um, what? <laughs> what? But I do, uh, I do think that kind of just to go off of what Jesse was saying earlier, I think that Dead Cells, Dead Cells, I think that Hades is like <laughs> the new benchmark for these types of games. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't, I think Supergiant has an amazing catalog of games. Like I think they're like one of the best indie studios. Like they, they seem to not miss. They, they're, they're very good at their craft, and uh, they seem to do something different every time they make a game. So, um, I'm ex- definitely excited to see what Supergiant decides to do next because. They seem to be able to tackle pretty much any any genre they want and and knock it out of the park. So, what a what a killer killer year for uh, roguelites. You got Hades, Splunky Two, uh, Rogue Legacy Two, Risk of Rain Two. Like you, there's just some incredible Monster Train. Like there mm-hmm. are just some really really great roguelites out there. And I I, I tweeted this. I want to say a couple maybe a couple months ago, but like I think it's becoming my favorite genre. I think there's just something so nice about being able to hop in and hop out. It, I agree it's, with that. It's definitely like something that you can pick up and put down and not necessarily feel uh, like you're, you know, say say you put it down for a few weeks, like go back to it and feel like you're missing something. You know, it may take a couple of runs to get used to where you were at skill wise, like playing the game itself. But I, I think there's uh, something positive there about those types of games where you can pick them up you know, even after a long extended period of time and, and hop right in and have a good time with it. 
That's why I love I'm, it. I can just lay on my couch and, and pop in yeah. for a couple of rounds, you know, like just playing handheld. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And then, I'm right, so cool. bad at Splunky 2. Like Splunky 2 is, I'm fucking <laughs> oh, man, I'm, so I'm, fucking I'm very bad. I finally cleared the first world. I can't Same. do it. I did too. <laughs> barely. <laughs> barely. By, the, by the skin Same. of my teeth. Like, like one health, I had to like get the dog with me so I could get that extra health. Like I it, always it get the cool. dog. I, I, that's like my mission every every round. Wait, sure what do you mean the dog gives you extra health? If yeah, you can get the dog to the, no, if you, you get the dog him. to the door, carry him uh, to the door, and you leave him through, he'll what? give you a health when you pass he's him just, to the next yeah, door. The next okay, so I the damsel, the damsel in the first one was if you brought her through the door, that's how oh, you get like yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I must have brought the dog through not realizing that was a thing one round because one round I got an extra heart and I was like, what the fuck did I do to get that extra heart? Like <laughs> I tried so many things. I was like, maybe I got to get through this in a certain amount of time or whatever. So like, I would try to like speed run rooms. Like I was like trying to figure out how to get that heart again. And now I know it's the dog. Blunky two is a game all about systems that they don't explain. It's on you to just kind of explore yes. and yep. test things out, Absolutely. which yep. like, isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, not at all. It's, it's uh, what makes that game special. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What, what happens? What 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 is the purpose? Because I don't know shit. Like I'm like I played Splunky one. I don't remember anything about Splunky. I and Splunky two just came out, and I'm so bad at it. What what is the purpose of like if you kill someone and bring them to like that altar to sacrifice them? What does that do? Or is it different for everything you do? You are you a different for everything you do? You, you're like basically appeasing like a, a god. I don't know their name. Uh, but I've seen like different tactics in Splunky, not in Splunky Two, because uh, I've only encountered the altar like once or twice. But I know if you if you like sacrifice enough people, and you could do multiple enemies like on the same altar, uh, you'll eventually get like rewarded with something. Yes. Uh, and it, I don't know if it's an item or something, but a lot of Splunky is like secret finding. So I think like for to get to the secret ending of Splunky One, you need to do the altar thing because it gives you a key to unlock like a secret door like two levels later, like. It's stuff like that. Like it's super, super specific. And it's just like the community trying to figure out what these things do together. I do like it. I just I'm so bad at it. I'm terrible it, at it. it it's, it's a just game. so funny though. It really it's like you'll be like doing so well. I'll be like, I'm on one four. Yes. Then all of a sudden you take one step and you get hit by something, then you get hit into another thing, then all, you're just dead. You're like, See, that, then you land on spikes and you're done. Yes. Yeah, that, like, all right. Oh, cool, cool. That is like how 95% of my runs go. I'll be <laughs> doing good, and then one thing will hit me, and then it's just an avalanche of bad things happen immediately. I'm like, oh, fantastic. I have to start over again. Um, they, do, they do mitigate it, I will say. Um, as you kind of get further, you can buy essentially like checkpoints, yeah. Uh, oh, so okay. like you'll you'll pay money to a character in the game and they'll dig you like tunnels to shortcuts. So eventually you'll be able to start it like world two or world three. Like you don't yeah, have to start a world one every time. Now. Okay. That yeah. is that is very good to know. Yeah. I need to I need to sink some more time. I've only played it for, you know, a couple hours, so I haven't put too much time into it. Is it was a very frustrating morning the day that I decided to place Blunky in the morning. Uh it was a day I didn't need much coffee, I'll tell you that. I was my the blood was flowing. Every time I'm on PlayStation, I see Todd's on Splunky. He loves that game. That's true, yeah, right? It really yeah. is. On our, I mean, I guess spoilers for anyone listening who hasn't listened to the the Indies panel from PAX. Splunky was one of Todd's picks for top ten indie games of all time. Todd loves Splunky. Got all three. Got all. Splunky three deserves down. to be there, but so does Outer Wilds, and I'm still upset. About it. So, so it's so funny you say that. <laughs> so 
I'm big into Outer Wilds right now. I'm doing like a couple a couple runs a night. I'm doing like two to three runs a night, and I am loving it. I didn't realize how good that game was. Ta- yeah, I didn't play it before that, so now he's. I've all never in played it. it. Oh yeah, Brendan, you, when it. you asked me my favorite game of all time earlier, Outer Wilds is in that top three. Like, that's, like, like that I'm soundtrack is so good. Next to the good. soundtrack, like it, I'm holding it right. Like, <laughs> like I have it within an arm's reach at all times. Well, it's, it's so, so good. It's, it's so funny because I sent Brendan. I'm like. Brendan, something about this game just gives me straight anxiety sometimes, but it's a good feeling and I like it and it's weird. But like, there's that planet you land on with the water with like the, the Giant first time deep. you, yes, when you land on it the first time, it's like stress and it's like, what is, like, it's very intense. And now like the flight, the flight control starting off are so like confusing, but yeah, you could I just set that on autopilot for the most part. Yeah, you, it's so easy they, now. They make like, it it's so easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like a piece of cake now. So now I'm really starting to dig into the game and I'm, really 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 liking this game right now it's a game that i was so excited for i was so excited there were so many people hyping it up it's annapurna right develop uh Uh, publisher publisher yeah uh so it's like annapurna you know does a lot of games that i love so excited for it played it and it just did not connect with me at first I need to play it again. I need to give it a, a fair I second shot. I think it shot. will. Yeah, I think it will. I, I tried good. to describe this game to people as a uh, a perfectly crafted because every part of that game works in tandem perfectly with every other part of that game. Like everything is so tightly knit on that a loop mm-hmm. that you know exactly what's going to happen when because the only the only outlier in that game is you. You're the only thing that changes things in that game. And so it's never random. Like everything that happens in that game happens very specifically at a very specific point. It's just about learning those cycles. And the game, the only tool that game gives you is like knowledge. It's it's you. It's on you to figure everything else out. And I, I've yet to see a game be able to accomplish that the way that game has. And right. I just I'll give it, it a. I need to give it a, a an actual air shot yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point. I th- there's so many. There's just there's always too many games. Too many games. Um, is Hades your current game of the year, or just in that conversation for you, Jesse? It's my current game of the year. Yeah, I, I, it'll definitely be in that uh, on that list, that short list for me at the end of the year. It's it's fantastic. I'm. I think especially the way that game wraps up. Uh, it 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 starts strong and it ends strong. I think it has two very like good bookmarks. That's good to know. I'm I like I'm kind of with Todd on it. I I'm loving it. I I like pop into it almost every night since it came out. Uh, but I'm like not in a rush to finish it. Like I kind of want to milk it. I kind of want to soak it in. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good. Uh, uh, I play with my Switch a lot in bed. Like I play my Switch all all day. But like usually before I go to bed, I always play my Switch, whether it's Animal Crossing or something else. And lately, it's been like you know staying up till two playing Hades because I'm an idiot. Um, but it's it's no, it's yeah. it's so satisfying. I'm just trying so, to get there's there's those uh, the when you look in the mirror, you know the uh, one the that darkness, you, the mirror yes, of talents. Yeah, I use the the one that brings you back, like with half hell. That oh, death defiance. Yeah, I have yeah. that. Yeah, I, I use that. Well, too. I'm, I'm like that. My goal right now is I'm just I'm at like I think I'm at like 340. I'm trying to like rank that up, and you need like 500 to get like the first rank up on that. So wait until like, the next rank up. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. It's just like, uh, but it's I'm incredibly useful. Though. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm it's, sure. yeah it, it's a game changer. Mike, do you have any interest in Hades or no? Uh, no. Not even all those all those uh, handsomely drawn characters. No, but then again, like 
despite the fact you guys were definitely talking about Hayes just now, like the last 10 minutes, and I wasn't paying attention, um, <laughs> I don't actually know much about the game, so like, I don't really care. It's a, like a, <laughs> a top-down isometric roguelite. With Greek gods. Yes. Okay. You can, you, you, Poseidon is your uncle. Like, like, it's pretty much cool. Yeah, you can't just throw Greek gods at me and think I'm going to care about it. Like, there's a reason why I didn't care about the Percy Jackson series. And it's because... I think there's a lot of reasons people didn't care about <laughs> <Percy> <laughs> There are artists. I, I hear it's actually really good. I think the movies didn't do the, the books justice from what I've been told. Right. But, like, I, I don't care that much. <laughs> All right, Mike. Yeah, I'm sure. Excuse me, Mike. I didn't know you were you, I mean, you weren't about frankly, that life. I I want to I want to play God of War at some point, but they were using the Roman gods, were they not? That was Norse mythology, no? The new one is Norse, yeah. The new one's Norse, but the original God. Uh, it starts it starts with the Greek pantheon. He's... It's Greek gods. Wait, so he's fighting Ares? Is Ares the Greek version? Like his 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 good girlfriend in the game is Aphrodite, isn't it? So here's the thing. I always forget, like, I know Mars and Ares are both the god of war, but I forget which one's Greek and which one's Roman. Ares is Greek. Ares is Greek. All right. Well, then there you go. So, I mean, I want to play God of War, but that, that is... The you want to play the old ones, or you just want to play PS4 God of War? I don't know. I'll, I'll give whatever a shot. I think one of them... Isn't the newest going to be on... Was it going to be on PS Plus? The PlayStation Plus collection? I don't... Yeah, but is now, that not only is that on PS4 as well when that drops, or is that only going to be a PS5 thing? I don't know. Idea. I have no idea. So, Mike, unless you're buying a PS5, I mean, you can just borrow my God of War. I can, you can, I can leave it on my. It might be on PlayStation now if you use that free. Listen, just the just the idea of me having to like walk over to my PlayStation, take Persona out. And then put the game in. It's just like exhausting to me. I don't even care that much. <laughs> Hell yeah, Mike. You you need if, if anyone needs to, you need to transition to the digital age because hearing you lament over switching out a disc is is too much. It'd be one thing if like I was mostly digital and then like had a handful of games that were physical because like there was like a specific reason why I need to have it physical. This fat fucking cat. Um. <laughs> like 20 pounds um it'd be one thing if that were the case but it's more like at this point i still have mostly physical games and i don't play a lot of them so what ends up happening is that i will take out one for like for like for a whim or whatever i'm gonna play this game for us for a split second and then i have to go back to another game yeah mike those those damn whims of fate I, Brendan it. is Brendan's like smirking to himself right now. It's like, oh, I referenced that song from that that one level in that one game, guys. Isn't Whims of Fate the song from Size yeah. Palace? Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. Come on, Mike. Yeah. I, you got I, you got I listen to Persona music like every day for games that I've never played. Like I have like Persona Q music up on my on my phone this week. I yeah. I own Persona Q for the 3DS. I have played it one time. I've never played that game. Anyways. The, the last big thing that this whole episode was supposed to be centered around and we somehow didn't talk about it at all is no, some the really... Amazon Luna. The Amazon Luna. I have zero to say about the Amazon Luna. Do you have something to say, Mike? Are you, are you getting down with the Amazon Luna? Is it joining your Stadia controller? I mean, I'll... 
Um, I mean, I'd get the controller. Do, it looks like it looks like a uh, pro. Yeah. Do you want basically. Do you want a purple switch controller? Yeah. Why not? That sounds pretty good. Yeah. It'll make a fine addition to my collection. Do I have a grievous uh, filter here? I have no Keep idea. You you look for that grievous filter. <laughs> the last big news of the evening that uh, we're here to talk about is Microsoft decided to bump their studios up from 15 to 23 by acquiring ZeniMax, who, if you're not familiar with what ZeniMax is or the umbrella company that they are that has a bunch of studios underneath them, there's a lot, a lot of good stuff there. Microsoft dropped $7.5 billion in cash to acquire ZeniMax, which gives them Bethesda, id Software, ZeniMax Online, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Roundhouse Studios. And if some of those studios don't resonate or mean anything to you, uh, what they majorly, what they get IP-wise from a lot of these studios, they're going to get Fallout, they're going to get Elder Scrolls, they're going to get Rage, Doom, Wolfenstein, Quake, Rage, I wrote Rage twice, Commander Keen, uh, Dishonored, Deathloop, The Evil Within, Ghostwire Tokyo, some mobile games, Monstro City, Ram- Monstro City Rampage, and Wraithborn. I have no idea what those are because I don't play mobile games. And Prey. That's a lot. A lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff there. Um, I, for one, have a lot of feelings about this acquisition because I don't know if it was last episode or two episodes ago, excuse me, but we were kind of throwing around the idea of, you know, Microsoft is acquiring studios. Obviously that's like a big push for them. They want to up their first party, you know, IPs. They want to get some more exclusive games on their platform to kind of compete with the, the narrative that PlayStation has all the exclusives. So we were kind of throwing on ideas of like who we think they would acquire and who who could they buy. And we threw some like pie in the sky things. I don't think anyone said ZeniMax or Bethesda, but we threw out some pie in the sky ones that were like, there's no way that they're going to buy someone like Sega because that would be way too much money. But then they come out and drop seven and a half billion dollars on ZeniMax, which is a lot of fucking money. Um, But they're getting a lot out of it. So I guess before we kind of dive into what this means and, and what we can kind of expect or, or, you know, hope to expect from this type of stuff. W- what are your thoughts on this, Jesse? Like, how are you feeling about Microsoft scooping this up? Uh, so my first biggest gripe with this deal is that they dropped this news at 9am on a Monday. Please never do that. <laughs> um, I was like wiping the sleep out of my eyes. Uh, and I immediately had, whatever doesn't matter uh the point is i it makes sense like uh I, I wrote about this today a little bit like they don't have a big they don't have a japanese mark like foothold at all like mm-hmm. they don't and uh cameron hawkins uh friend of friend of the pod uh wrote an excellent piece on dual shockers about that exactly that like they, they've tried this before with with japanese developers and i think this move is them saying you know what you're right like we we're having trouble courting like Japanese developers to want to develop for our platform. It's been a big push for Phil Spencer. So I think this move mm-hmm. is them saying like, we're doubling down on Western developers. That's our strong suit. Let's get some of the best developers there are in this market and let's make them ours. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think like you don't get bigger than doom quake, uh, uh, fallout elder Scrolls. Like you don't like 
those are the RPGs and shooters that sell, right? Mm-hmm. And so 7.5 bill is it's a lot of money. But Microsoft is also like a 1.5 trillion dollar company. Yeah. Like that this is drops in the bu- like a drop in the bucket to them. Yeah, the the thing that is kind of crazy to me is that like I think I think in the grand scheme of like Microsoft and their revenue share and like where everything comes from, I feel like the gaming portion of their business is probably the smallest, if not one of the smallest parts of their their machine. So the fact that they're like willing to invest that much into this is like is Microsoft saying we are here to be a player in the games industry forever. Like we are here until this is not a profitable business anymore. Um, and I, I still, I still do think that they are probably going to acquire at least someone small Jap- Japanese studio wise. Like I, I think, oh, yeah, I don't even giving be, up on that completely. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't think that's what you're saying either. But I do think that they will do that. But this acquisition is like, like you said, follow, but just just between Fallout, Elder Scrolls, and Doom, and I guess Wolfenstein too. Like th- those are like critically acclaimed franchises, like franchises that have been a part of gaming for you know a very long time that you know in certain eras have kind of been the the benchmark and been the pinnacle of specific genres like there was a time where doom was like the king of first person shooters there was a time where you know people would look to elder scrolls or fallout as like the the rpg that they would like to make um and not to say that those franchises aren't still that anymore, but I think that they they have in the past been benchmark setters and trendsetters. And I think that with this uh, acquisition, you're going to see a lot of... From what I was reading, it seems like they're still going to let ZeniMax and these studios kind of function as if they weren't owned by Microsoft in a way of like, you're going to have some more autonomy and like handle your handle your studios and like handle your development cycles. And like, I'm sure they're going to be there for support both monetarily and, you know, uh, other guidance for things they want to try to do or accomplish. But it seems like they're going to give them a lot of creative freedom, which I hope is actually the case and what they actually do. Cause, cause that'll be the real downer is if, is if for some reason, Microsoft starts coming in and like clamping down on what, what they're letting them work on or let them do. Um, Cause I think that can end up being really negative for a lot of, a lot of the stuff that's that's happening here um but with this i know there's been a lot of chatter about the future of these ips on other platforms i don't know where you stand on this jesse in regards to like do you think you're going to see all these games become start becoming exclusive to microsoft or or how do you feel about about the future of some of these games I think it would be well it's 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 weird because Microsoft is in two camps right now right they're in the camp that they their messaging has always been like we don't care where you play this sign up for game pass mm-hmm. play it anywhere do whatever you want right cross the play anywhere was their PC Xbox initiative so they've been very forward about like they they push the cross play thing a ton like they they're very forward in, in in thinking in that regard but also like when you think about exclusives right you think about your exclusives are there to bolster your platform. Mm-hmm. And so you think like, okay, well, they've scooped up all these developers. Now the obvious thing is to make Elder Scrolls and Fallout exclusive to an Xbox. Where like, I don't think they would do that 
not because like, oh, they'll make more money if they put it on everything. I just think it completely goes against all the messaging that they've been doing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think it would it would burn a lot of the goodwill they've they've built over the last half of this console generation. I think um, they're gonna do I think they're gonna do PC and Xbox and leave PlayStation out. PlayStation could, hasn't like played nice with them at all. Like compared to like Nintendo and like these other companies. So it's like I honestly wouldn't be surprised if if or a timed exclusive. We're gonna see I feel like they'd be foolish to pay seven point five billion. I know they're gonna get a lot of game pass subscribers. But I do think that they're going to put one of these something coming up in the near like three, four years is going to be a time. They're not going to not do what PlayStation is doing. PlayStation is doing the exact same thing, you know, so it's with certain games. So it's I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah, it's it. it, I I believe that I think if they were going to go the exclusive, I think they would they might definitely leave PlayStation out of it. But those the relationship with Nintendo be that they've been, yeah Nintendo and the, PC they won't touch with, with Ori coming to Switch it, you know Will of the Wisps came last last week in that same direct with with Hades like I think the rumor was always Game Pass is coming to Switch right like that was always right. kind of the thing that was kicking around for the last couple of years I wouldn't be surprised if they still ported like Doom and Wolfenstein like they have been over to the Switch like maybe it's a timed exclusive like you said maybe. Maybe it's like play on Game Pass first, like Game Pass gets it a month yeah. early or something. Like they'll they'll find ways to leverage it. I don't know if they will just go the route of this is not on anything else. It would be smart for them to do that because like that's why you spend seven point five billion dollars on eight studios, right? I think they'll but, stick to what they're doing with like because they've always been their their whole thing has been Xbox and PC. It's like yeah. the unity right there, you know, like and and they're probably like, fuck PlayStation. This is our chance to get more of our consoles out there, you know. I don't think they're going to do it with everything. So, I, I mean, I think it's going to be pick. They're going to pick and choose basically what Phil Spencer said. Yeah. They're yeah. Gonna, they're gonna... I was, I was going to bring what? that up. No, you can, I, I don't no, know. Go ahead. Oh, you... I'm, I'm just saying, like, what, what it's, they say case by case, but like all of those games are like heavy hitters. Like, how do you pick one over the other? Yeah. So, what I think, I think that Microsoft is usually pretty, at least in this generation, they at least try to make it seem like they're very transparent and, and very outcoming and forthright with, with consumers about like, this is what we're trying to do. This is our mission. Like this is all the things we're trying to do, you know, for the gamers, for the consumer, blah, 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 blah. I think that they're, I think this might be the first time since this whole branding of their, of their message has been that like gamer forward thing that you're going to see, I think a little bit of ambiguity, some vagueness, like, I think you're going to see these types of answers from Phil where it's like, it's a case by case basis, because even if they never make something exclusive, him saying that now puts the pressure on people who are like, well, I love Fallout. So like, if my only option is maybe I can't play a Fallout game at some point, I have to buy an Xbox. You know what I mean? Like that, right. that pressure alone was going to sell more consoles. Um, it's like, it's like the pressure I have to buy all the PlayStation exclusive. They just buy a PlayStation console because... I know they're going to have great exclusives. So, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll buy one just for that reason alone. If they have some things I want on it, like five, even if it's five or six games, I'm going to buy a console for those five or six oh, games. Yeah. And, and that's the whole point of exclusives, right? It, it's yeah. like it, it gets you to, to get into that ecosystem because then, like, yep. you get PlayStation 5 because you want to play God of War, Last of Us. And then yep. suddenly you get Call of Duty and then you're spending money in the store and you're doing all these other, like, you're interacting with this thing. 
and they have you and that's what xbox is doing with game pass and everything else uh they say case by case basis like i i also saw chatter around that like that could just mean like because they have x cloud like technically it would be on like android phones and other things mm-hmm. like there's that whole side to it so we'll we'll see how that shakes out but i mean it's going to be a while before I, we see anything out of those studios because they said that they're going to honor the Deathloop and Ghostwire PS5 mm-hmm. exclusivity. So that's two studios right there. Uh, they Bethesda said that Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six are still like pretty far off. Um, like Doom Eternal just came out. Like a, a yeah. lot of these studios just put stuff out. So it's, it's going to be a while before we see something. In the pipeline, yeah. I, I feel like Wolfenstein's probably the closest thing to getting a new game, as far as like, yeah, the oldest game in the. I think that's probably the oldest one out of all of them. Maybe uh, what's it called? it? Are they done with uh, Arcane's game? Uh, Dishonored? Is that series done? Done? Uh, well, the, so the Arcane is it's working Deathloop. on on Deathloop right now, yeah, yeah. and that's going to be PS5. Uh, but I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Arcane has like two studios. Because like one studio did Prey while the other one was doing Dishonored, I think. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So there might be something else to show. Mm. Uh, I have to imagine when Xbox strolled in, they saw storyboards for something that they really, really liked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those studios probably have ideas, and and Microsoft hopefully you know lets them do their thing, kind of like the same way that EA lets Respawn do their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they own them. They know that they're going to make the thing, and they're going to just let them. The 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 other thing that's really an option here that like I haven't really seen many people talking about is Microsoft owns all of these studios now. So if you know Arcane wants to work on a perfect dark game, they can do that now. You know what I mean? So like that can be other way that these studios get leveraged into exclusivity. Is sure maybe the next Doom game is not exclusive to Xbox, but you know, if Arcane or or Id is going to make a a the new Perfect Dark game, like that's probably not going to show up anywhere else. Uh, so that's like another like way. The other thing I could see them doing, honestly, is kind of the same thing that PlayStation does did a lot this generation with a lot of third party games, which is like, okay, yeah, Destiny is not exclusive, but we're going to pay money to to Bungie in Activision to get. Mm-hmm these things for you know two years and then they'll come to xbox so like we could see future doom games or elder scrolls games or other games have exclusive microsoft only content you know what i mean where 100 will be elsewhere but if you want like the definitive version of the game you're gonna want to play it on xbox so that's like another way to like still allow the game to be somewhere else but the definitive version is on xbox i think the other thing that's worth mentioning is like a lot of, if not all of these games are going to come to Game Pass that are already out and future games are going to launch on Game Pass. So like, that's the whole value thing. And that's like the the narrative that like, I think obviously Microsoft wants to sell consoles, but I think they really want you to buy Game Pass. Like, I think that's oh, the thing they really yeah. want you to do. So, you know, even if, even if they're not getting people to buy an Xbox, but maybe this person has a PC and a PlayStation 4, they're probably going to still buy Game Pass instead of buying the game on PlayStation, if it's on both. You know what I mean? Like, there, I would be more... If that was me, if I was a gamer that had a PlayStation and a PC, I would be way more willing to just get Game Pass instead of buying that game for $60, $70 on PlayStation 5. Um, so You I think only that, have to play two games on Game Pass, two new games to get the value. Yeah. It's $120 a year. 
you, you, pay, you play two $60 games. It paid for itself. Everything else is gravy. It's, so it's, it's so funny. I tell Brendan all the time too. If, if if you pull up my games on my Xbox, I'd say seventy percent of them have Game Pass icon on the bottom. At this point, I'm just playing like mostly stuff, minus like brand new games that don't come to Xbox. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty much playing everything on Game Pass these days. Well, I just got my Xbox from my parents' house, and the first thing I did when I loaded that thing, what was on there. Mm. Like it was my first instinct was yeah. Let's check what Game Pass has because I'm sure it'll have at least five things that I'm at, at the very least interested in looking at. Right. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think Game Pass does a really like. I think the team that handles Game Pass, I think they're very good at curating what's there. Like, obviously, there's a lot of great micro. Like, I know people like to say there's not Microsoft exclusives, but I like Microsoft exclusives. Like the Halo games, Gears games, like all those games were there. So like, I'm happy that those games are there, but outside of those games like there's so many great indies that go there there's so many great indies that launch like day one sometimes on game pass like and I, i'm just like blown away that some of those games i i've looked i don't know how familiar you guys are with like the the dealings of game pass and how it works for mm-hmm. like the developers that put their games on game pass I've, I've always been curious about this i don't actually know a ton about it. so so at least for some deals i don't know if it's different for like bigger studios but it seems to be this way for indies at least they basically agree to a term of length of time i believe with microsoft mm-hmm. and microsoft gives them a flat upfront we're gonna pay you this much to put your game on game pass so it's basically for like indies it's very i mean it can, it can be a double-edged sword because if your game is like ends up being this amazing hit maybe you would would have seen more money if you just let people buy it but it's like a it's kind of a, a safety net for a lot of indie developers because you can just be like you know microsoft's going to cut you a check day one for for x amount of dollars to have your game so it's like kind of really great for a lot of indie studios um oh yeah that that sounds like actually extremely useful like yeah. cash up front like here you go you can pay your employees you can do what you got to do exactly. don't Plus, worry about it I don't, and it might be a case by case basis, but like there's plenty of indie games that launch day one on Game Pass, but also are day one on Switch, on PlayStation, on Steam. So it's like they're not, yeah, they're not locked into this deal with Microsoft. I'm sure there's probably a different tier where Microsoft will offer more money to be exclusive. But I mean, you know, for Spirit Fair, it's getting great press, it's getting great reviews, it got the check from Game Pass, and it's probably selling very well on Switch, PlayStation, and Steam. So it's like, they're probably doing very well financially from the success of that. And game pass is definitely a factor. Um, I don't know why we went on that, that tirade of game pass, but I no, think, uh, important. A lot I of think, people don't know that. yeah, I think that, I think we'll definitely see certain games with at least timed exclusivity. It may be not even a full year. I mean, Ori and the will of the wisp came out earlier this year on March There's 11th. Like March. Yeah. And it didn't come to Switch until September 17th, and it's not on PlayStation. Uh, I don't know if or did the first Ori come to PlayStation? I'm actually no. not sure. So, I mean, there's definitely room for Microsoft to be very strategic in how they decide to approach every game. I mean, you know, maybe fall, the next Fallout will come to Xbox day one, and then, you know, a few months later won't come, will come to PlayStation. And, I mean, I don't know if Switch can handle Fallout, but I think I think they'd be more willing to to go to Switch first, only because I feel like the Switch and Xbox. I think 
I think Microsoft and PC people are over here, and I feel like if they put those same games on Switch that can be run on Switch, I don't think that there's necessarily a lot of crossover between those two like main user bases that would affect any like major sales either way. Um, I don't know. I, I think ult. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna. I was just thinking about Switch and Game Pass. Like you were saying earlier, like oh, Microsoft will get exclusive content for or the Game of the Year edition or, or whatever. It's like they could just roll that into Game Pass. It's like if you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you get this game two days early and you get the DLC a month ahead of time. And all you have to do is be a Game Plus Ultimate subscriber. That's it. That it's as simple as $120 a year and you get all this free shit. I didn't even think about that. That's and that, that could honestly be the answer. The answer is you get the game a week early. You know what I mean? Like you get to play this game a week before PlayStation people. They did it with Gears 5. If yeah. you were if you signed up uh, for Game Pass Ultimate, you got the game a couple days early. And you got the Terminator Dark Fate pack or whatever yeah. nonsense that was. I think you'll see a lot of different. I, I think you're 100 percent right. I think you'll see a lot of different iterations of that in which everyone is like financially the better success is the model they'll probably stick with going forward. But that's I mean, that yeah, exclusivity deal for two weeks. You know what I mean? A week you get the game a week early. That will absolutely sway certain people to be like a new follow game. I can't wait two weeks. I can't. I can't wait two weeks for that. I can sign up for one dollar right now and play it, and then I forget that I have it, and then they'll charge me fifteen dollars. Exactly, and that's the thing. Like with any subscription service, like there are. I, Xbox came out this week and announced that they're up to fifteen million subscribers on Game Pass, which is a shit ton of money. How many of those people probably don't realize every month that there's fifteen dollars coming out of their account? Probably a lot of people. You know what yeah. I mean? Probably enough people that also just don't care. Like. I, I subscribe to fucking Hulu and I never use Hulu. Like I have I have a Hulu subscription and I never watch anything on Hulu. I, I have a CBS All Access subscription and I never watch anything on CBS All Access. Excuse I don't me, know why I have it's Paramount Plus now. Uh, that that name change hasn't gone through yet. <laughs> oh that's I just I love all the people correcting They're like, actually it's Paramount Plus. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, of all of, I mean, I don't know. I read an article from uh Liana Rupert earlier today uh, at Game Informer and one of the, about these types of things, one of the things she had said is she could see, and I kind of agree with it, she could see like games like Fallout and Elder Scrolls that have like long generation of fan bases, you know, multi-platform everywhere, you know, those types of games staying multi-platform in certain scenarios, but a game like Starfield that's a new IP that could always end up being like an exclusive RPG to yeah. xbox it's, it's a new fan base you know what i mean there's no you're not gonna like alienate other fallout fans who are on playstation you know what i mean oh, so yeah, i can of course i can definitely see them doing that type of thing with like new ips but maybe keeping some of the legacy ips you know things that they work out specific types of you know timed exclusivity or maybe just launch day and day because they don't care because either way i mean either way microsoft's going to publish those games so they're going to make some they're going to make the money yeah they, they get a cut of all those games and there's definitely something like funny in the fact that two PlayStation Five exclusive games or time exclusives are going to be published by Microsoft. You know what I mean? So you're going to boot up Deathloop on your PS Five, and it's going to say Microsoft Game Studios or Xbox Game Studios. Yeah, right. That's there's there's to me there's something funny about that. It, it was very similar to uh, the Outer Worlds because they purchased Obsidian after they had already announced that game it was going to be multi-plat. Like it was like we have to honor that, yeah. but that's our game, so. That was, I, I think it. that was published by Private Division, though. That was a whole of 
It's funny. And then the people calling for Fallout New Vegas 2 because yeah, right. uh, Obsidian Bethesda and, yeah. and Obsidian. Which is I mean, Obsidian funny. tweeted something out. They were like, put the, they're, they're, yeah. like they're like the happy face with the Koreans. I feel bad because Avowed looks awesome. I know we only got one like cinematic trailer, but I'm so hyped on that game. I, I, I know mean, nothing about it other than Pillars of Eternity rules. Honestly, if Microsoft really wants to just like become the king of Western RPG, a fucking buy Bioware off of off of EA and just have all of the fucking Western RPGs. Just do I it. guess I guess besides CD Projekt Red. What if they bought CD Projekt Red? No. Yeah, I mean, they said they're not done buying studios. They're the this isn't like they they could potentially buy somebody. They could not, but they're not like closing the door on that idea. So yeah, you I never mean, know. I think they are definitely paying. They're at least paying for like a marketing deal for Cyberpunk. For Cyberpunk, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, they have a good relationship, and it, like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily. I mean, actually, purchasing Zenimax in its entirety is a little surprising to me still. But I mean, I, Microsoft has a has a history with with you know some of these companies with Bethesda, especially. I mean, Elder Scrolls, I believe, was a was an exclusive launch title on 360. I don't think it ever came to PlayStation. Maybe much later. Morrowind, is that what we're talking about? Uh, Oblivion, I think. What was oh, Oblivion, film? Oblivion, Oblivion. Morrowind was before that uh, oblivion I, and skyrim were the two that launched on 360 yeah so i mean they, they've they've worked with certain you know stuff in the past i i'm, I'm excited i i obviously like i don't console wars are fucking dumb like i don't that's that's a yeah. that's a middle school mentality and adult that like argues about that stuff is is kind of crazy i i care about the industry and i like to see all these different moving parts and aspects so like i'm, I'm invested in that way but as someone who typically non-nintendo games on my xbox and only playstation games for exclusives um i'm happy to see what i would chalk this up to as like a as a w for microsoft because i feel like they've been shit on this last generation for a long time and i feel like some of it a little bit unwarranted but um yeah i do have a question for you though question for everybody mm -hmm. actually does bethesda still do an e3 press conference uh did they or do one this well, no, I mean, nobody did one this year. Yeah, like, yeah. It was Jeff Keighley's Game Summer Fest of Palooza or whatever. But like, granted, we have E3 or a, a E3-like event. I, does Microsoft's show just become like four hours long? It's going to have to be. They have so much shit crammed in. There'll be like the, the Todd Howard after hours where he just talks about Skyrim getting ported to the Tesla or something. <laughs> Todd Howard himself being ported. But like... Bethesda's big enough that they could still have their own press conference. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you you know, you, I don't know. I was going to say, like, you could do, like, they have 23 fucking studios now. Like, yeah. there's, there's so, so, so much. Um, I could see them still doing, like, their own separate event for all of these, like, IPs. Like, but they still QuakeCon, so, like, that's still an option. They like to show Doom stuff at QuakeCon. Like, they, they do have their own events, but I, I just E3, I don't know about. I don't know. I think, I think actually, the more I'm thinking about it, I think no. Only because I think Microsoft's goal is to create stronger brand awareness for the Xbox name. So I think they would want to keep that, uh, like, cohesive across the board even if they did a separate more bethesda Zenimax studios like focused event i still think it would be like umbrella 
pitched or I guess umbrella promoted as like an Xbox games event. Um, focusing on Bethesda games or something like that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, here's a Nintendo direct with, you know, focusing on our partner studios. I don't fucking know if, if, if you could see any of these studios make a non like make an Xbox game with an Xbox IP, what like who would you want to see make what? So you're saying a Bethesda studio make a Microsoft IP? Yes. So oh. like Halo Gears, Perfect Dark, Banjo, Conquerors, Sea of Thieves, Viva Pinata. I v- I love Viva Pinata. That's a whole other discussion. I don't I don't know. I'd love to see Arcane do something. I think that they're talented enough to really do something creative. I just don't know what IP I would give them. I um, think they could really revitalize Perfect Dark. I think they could do some interesting things with that. Yeah, they could. The rumor, rumor is that new studio Perfect Dark uh, or a Perfect Dark successor. Um, the co- not the Coalition, that's Gears. Uh, the Initiative. The Initiative, yeah. That was, that was the rumor I heard. But I mean, we still have no idea what they're working on, so that could be it. Yeah, I just like... You know what? Give Arcane Recore. Okay. Let them just go wild with Recore. They could do something with that. I always wanted to give Recore a fair shot. Yeah, I never, I never played it. It just looked cool, but I, I heard yeah. it wasn't great. And I feel like if anybody could build out a more interesting world, it would be Arcane. Yeah. Arcane is the one here out of all. Obviously, like Bethesda and Id, you know, they are what they are. But Arcane and Tango Gameworks, I feel like the two of them have potential to like really make some incredible stuff with either existing Microsoft IPs or brand new stuff. I, I would be interested to see like if Tango Gameworks continues, like I would imagine they're going to make a new evil within at some point. So that would be like Microsoft having its own horror game. It's kind of cool. Hope so. Yeah. They have Shinji Mikami. They can do whatever they want now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy actually. Ghostwire Tokyo. Like, I don't know that that game never did. The, the trailer for that never did too much for me. I need, I need, I need a deep gameplay dive on that thing. I need to see how that, how the, the gears grind in that one but it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this shapes up i hope uh, there's a lot of people that are that are you know this is going to have negative ripple effects it's going to do do negative things to the industry but hopefully it doesn't start to spiral out into this you know microsoft and sony are buying everyone and there's like very little creative freedom and all this stuff i don't think that's where we're headed just yet i mean i can definitely see that happening in the future but I don't think that's where we're at just yet. But I guess that brings us up to the end of, of this week's episode. I want to, first of all, thank you so much, Jesse, for joining us. Uh, sitting thank down thank chat. you for having, having me. I really appreciate yeah, it. It's, it's a long time coming. I mean, I, we did the, the spoiler cast earlier in the year, and it was like we, gotta, we need to get everyone on here again just as regular guests. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm, I'm super, super excited that you were able to come on, chat some, chat some oh, good yeah. stuff. I mean, it could have been better. You, you're loving Hades. Hades happens to be the hot game right now that we're all playing. So it's, I feel it like worked it worked out real well. Perfectly. Yeah, remember Fall Guys? I love, I love Fall Guys. Guys. We, we can play Fall Guys. We could do that. Yeah, I have no problem with Fall Guys. I, did I haven't the, played it since like week two, though. Did the new season play. start yet? Not, Not yet. yet. Uh, I, I love Fall Guys. I think Fall Guys is, is a fantastic game. I, I've seen a lot of people say like Fall Guys is a flash in the pan. I don't think so. I, I just think that games like that, they come and they go. Like, you, you don't necessarily have to play it every day for it to be something that you can pop back in and, and enjoy like a few weeks later. I think uh, I love Fall Guys. Fall Guys is great. 
portfolio has to switch and i'll play it all the time fall Guys still has fifty thousand viewers on twitch as of right now it's doing fine for an indie right. game where like they they did like they didn't even know it was going to be that big they did zero marketing for the game like they did zero marketing because i follow the person that does pr for them or the the pr studio that they hired for the game and I, she was tweeting and she was like like when everything was starting to blow up like crazy right before launch because all these twitch streamers were getting involved like bigger twitch streamers she was just like it's wild to me that we've spent zero like virtually zero dollars on marketing for this game and it is turning out to be a fucking crazy crazy game the only marketing i ever saw for, for that game was in devolver's own like directs like yes. I see they, they had like one or two trailers like, this game looks really cool that might be fun yeah I'd and like obviously like had a huge cool booth at PAX East, but that's like a small sample size. Like that's not yeah. indicative of the rest of the world. That's just like, you know, people that have the ability to go to PAX East. That's crazy. Yeah, it is insane. But Jesse, for all of the people listening out there, let them know where they can find you, plug all the stuff you want people to know about, anything you want to talk about, the floor is yours, my good sir. I appreciate it. First of all, I just want to thank you again for having me. You know, we 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 all talk pretty pretty frequently and you, you know, it's nice to be able to come on the, the podcast and, and chat up some games. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Jesse Vitelli, J-E-S-S-E-V-I-T-E-L-L-I. Uh, like I said in the beginning, I'm talking a lot about the giant Home Depot skeleton right now. Uh, you can find my writing currently at Prima Games. That's just primagames.com, nothing fancy. Uh, a lot of cool stuff happening over there. A lot of new new ideas and stuff being floated around very excited to see where that uh where that heads uh otherwise yeah that that's me that's those are the two places i usually hang out so so definitely definitely give throw jesse a follow interact with him he, he's he's always out there talking about everything so i i skeletons are this week who knows what next week could be next week could be more hades talk or maybe you know who knows who knows maybe he's talking about know. playstation buying sega you know i don't maybe. even know he has no idea. We're not we're not soothsayers. We're just we're just, you know, humble people talking about video games on a daily basis. Um but yeah, as always, you can find all of our stuff at pastcontroller.io on Twitter and on Instagram at pastcontroller and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pastcontroller. You can find me at the groom. You can find Todd at Toddy underscore by underscore nature. You can find Mike at where's the beef.com. You actually can't find Mike there, but you can find Mike at underscore Mycopath. And thank you, Jesse, for coming on. To, again for this week's episode episode 222 i wanted to like think of something cool like with three twos and i just yeah i just didn't do it i'm not clever enough i, I don't know if two 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 is a significant uh significant number two 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 is important because uh we did that panel on sequels and that number Dang. two 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 Dang. Where's where's Fur Fighters 2? That's the question. Where is Fur Fighters 2 is the question. That is the fucking question. But uh, yeah, again, thanks, Jesse. Thank you for everyone who's listening. And uh, if you go outside, please wear a fucking mask.